0: Welcome to the Life Church podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. It's like the awkward time up here. Good morning. How you doing? Doing good? Okay, good, good. Three of you are doing awesome. That's so good. I love it so much. I know the rest of us, we don't know what to do with that question. I, I get it. Well, good morning. I am so blessed to, to be here with you this morning. So honored. Pastor Tim is checking out Children's Ministry and, and what happens. And um, I'm grateful to be able to give him a, a little breather day, but also grateful that he would trust me with the platform. So I'm very honored and I don't take this lightly. So thank you also for allowing me to be here this morning, and mostly thank the Lord that I feel like he's given a word that is for this house at this time, and so we trust him with that. So who has ever seen, this is going to date me a little bit, so if you're in my age bracket, we don't need to say that, we don't need to talk about the actual age, but if you're in my age bracket, and you've seen the old, let's make a deal, yeah. Yeah, some of y'all have seen the new Let's Make a Deal. Equally as awesome. But the old Let's Make a Deal, Monty Python. I know, is that right? Is that, do I have the right name? Like Monty. Oh. Monty Hall, oh my word. I said Monty Python read all, wrote all kinds of weird stuff. No, oh, I'm pretty sure I said that at the first service too and nobody corrected me. Monty Hall, thank y'all, who are smarter than me. So we have Monty Hall, and he had this saying that some of us grabbed hold of, what's behind door number one? Because there was a strategy behind that question. You know, there was doors one, two, and three. And most people chose door number one. There was a psychology behind it and a whole study behind it. So what's behind door number one? Sometimes it was with prize. Sometimes it was the zonk. But the reality is we don't live in let's make a deal world, do we? We live in God's world. And so today the title of this message is what's behind door number one. And we're going to talk about that. So doors are mentioned multiple times in the Bible. God, God has an anointing on doors. His promises are there. I'm going to read a few passages of scripture and then we're going to talk about a couple main passages. But just to set the groundwork of God's heart about doors. Isaiah twenty-two twenty-two: What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. Do y'all hear that? Okay, let's, yeah, that, that's significant because then he says it again. The exact same words in Revelation 3, 7. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. That's God. Matthew 7, 7 through 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Psalm 24. Lift up your heads, you gates. Be lifted up, you ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle lift up your heads you gates lift them up you ancient doors that the king of glory may come in do we believe in the king of glory do we invite him in because god tells us right here in his word that what he shuts no one can open and what he opens no one can shut a god door is open designed, and only he can shut it. So what are the things that we've laid down? The prayers lifted up. The moments, the revival of our hearts, of our frame, of what we're asking the Lord for. There's an unlocking, there's a knocking, And there's an opening happening. Let's trust him. Let's go to him and give him this morning. Lord, we thank you so much that you are good and faithful. We trust your word. We trust you. Oh, king of glory, come in. You are welcome here. We lay down ourselves And we give you the whole of who we are. This morning, my words, your words, and your words, my words, and nothing else. May it be all for your glory as we seek the unlocking and the knocking and the opening. So as we look at doors, it would come to our natural senses that there must also be keys. You're not getting in my house without a key. That's just real, unless I open the door. So what does the Lord say about keys in Matthew 16? This is the first passage of Scripture that we're going to hit. This is probably one of my most favorite passages of Scripture. Because Peter, we have this fella named Peter, and he's a funny guy. He gets it wrong a lot, but man... God says, You keep coming back to me, Peter, and I'm gonna tell you who you are. So when Jesus came to his disciples, he asked them, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Well, some say you're John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, some of the prophets. But what about you? Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the Living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Here it is. And I tell you, Jesus, and I tell you that you are Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Let me tell you who you are. I'm renaming you Peter. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The only time in scripture that is ever used that I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. The only time used with Peter Jesus says, who do you say I am? Oh, you're you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. You couldn't know that unless it came from my father in heaven. So let me tell you who you are. Simon, Peter. Peter means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. Now we know that Jesus is the rock. He's the chief cornerstone. But upon the testimony of who you know me to be, Peter, I'm going to build a church. And I'm going to give you the keys. And it nothing going to overcome it. Nothing. The world could throw a million things at you, Peter, but guess what? You're still the key holder. Nothing. Keys give access and authority. they give access and authority. So when you hold the key, you have access through a door. You have authority through a door. The one designed for you, with you in mind. See, when we know who he is, we can know who we are. There is an exchange that happens in this moment. With heavenly anointing comes an earthly alignment for a personal assignment. With a heavenly anointing comes an earthly alignment for a personal assignment. I have to say, Yes, Lord, I am here. I give my life, just like we sang about, as an offering. Wherever, whatever you say, I will say yes. But if I stay right there, then I am not fulfilling my purpose. So I step in to my personal assignment. They're all different. Yours is going to be different than mine. Mine's going to be different than yours. That's what makes us beautiful. We are in God's company of creation that each brings their own gifts, their own skills, their own talents, designed like Psalm 139 says, knit together in your mother's womb just for you. And then when we do it all together, whew, what a beautiful offering. On Wednesday mornings, our team gathers In here, we pepper ourselves all around the room. You guys are welcome at 9 a.m. We're just here for an encounter with the Holy Spirit. We just sit postured to hear his voice. We don't talk to one another. It's an hour. Usually John and Jared lead us. Sometimes we'll have video worship on, depending on what's going on. But this Wednesday, as I was praying, Lord, what do you you have? I heard these few words. There's a release of keys. And then I looked up and there were keys falling all over the auditorium. I sit in the back right over there by that camera and I could see keys all over this room. Now the beauty of what the Lord does is yes, he gives us visions or dreams, signs and wonders. You get to choose today. Will you pick up the key? Heavenly anointing to earthly alignment for personal assignment, the choice is yours. We move on. We have seen in Matthew 16, Peter. Peter grabbing hold of his identity. Jesus telling him, I tell you that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not overcome it. We know in Acts 2, as Pastor Tim touched on last week and in his series, Acts 2 is Pentecost, where Peter is preaching 3,000 lives come to know the Lord, and then it grows by more and more every single day. We see, we see the church. So we move to Acts 12. King Herod is still in reign. Y'all might know him when he wanted to kill Jesus when he was born. 37 years he reigned in his Hate. He wanted to kill Jesus. That has happened in Acts 12. And he has risen. We have James, Peter, and John, those three disciples, excuse me, who were in Jesus's inner circle. The ones he called up to Gethsemane, pray with me, pray with me, pray with me. Keep watch, pray with me. You are my trusted ones. Now, he trusted all the disciples on some level, but these were his inner circle, the ones he knew. Well, James has just been killed by sword, the Bible tells us. Scholars think beheaded. Peter has been arrested. Peter is arrested. And so we have this portion of scripture where Peter could be very frazzled. his best friend has just been killed for the sake of Christ. He probably is figuring I've been arrested so I know what my story's gonna be. That's not really how Peter thought. So Peter's in this room, arrested, in this cell. And we're gonna read the text in just a moment but think about these couple things. Pastor Tim talked about last week about the the feast and the festivals, right? The seven and the order. After Passover is the feast of unleavened bread. Peter is sleeping it off for a night because Passover is ending. That's the time where we are. So the next day when Peter's going to be brought to trial, which we know what that means, is the start of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So go with me for a moment to what Passover means and the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and the doorways, signifying the Israelites' freedom and denying access to the spirit of death. Now we're a follower of God. So I'm putting the blood of the lamb on the doorposts. So as we end that season, where we see it begun in Exodus 12, now we're in Acts 12, in this moment, this moment. We're going to read Acts 12: 5 through 17. So Peter was kept in prison. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries to guard at the entrance. But Peter slept. He slept between two soldiers with his wrists in chains. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him. Now I looked up that word to strike or struck in the Greek. It, it it means that the angel hit him i mean that's gonna matter in a minute but the angel actually hit him quick get up he said and the chains fell off peter's wrist then the angel said to him put on your clothes and your sandals and peter did so wrap your cloak around you and follow me the angel told him peter followed him out of the prison but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening he thought he was seeing a vision where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. (laughs) You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was so, they said it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and they saw him, they were astonished. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet and described how the Lord had brought him out of prison. So that angel had to hit him. I mean, it literally says that he had to, the angel had to strike Peter. And you know why this is such a beautiful piece of this scripture? It's because Peter was sleeping that hard. He was sleeping that hard in the truth and the knowledge of a good Savior that whatever tomorrow holds, I give it all to you, Lord, but tonight I sleep. Yeah. Listen, some of y'all, I might be preaching to myself too. Some of us might need to go home and take a nap and trust I'm gonna close my eyes and I'm gonna lay here and oh Lord, come and do what only you can because I give it all to you. Whether I got two soldiers, one at my right and one at my left and sentries guarding the door and my chains feel, I mean my wrists feel bound by chains. Tonight I sleep, I'm gonna rest full I'm going to rest easy in the truth of who God is. That's what Peter did. That's why I think it's beautiful that the angel had to strike him. And he wasn't even dressed, y'all. I mean, he had his clothes over here, his sandals over here, his cloak was over here. I mean, he, he was fully in for the night. He was resting. He was, he, that was serious business. He was like... I can do nothing about it, so I give it to you, Lord, and I rest. See, the enemy, the enemy's always guarding the door. He's for sure always guarding your door and my door. Because listen, he don't want promise and destiny to break through. Why would he want that? Why would he want us to actually be walking in the calling designed and knit together for us specifically? Because, man, there's power in that, y'all. That's an intense infusion, power of the Holy Spirit designed in us. So there's always going to be a guard at the door, the enemy stands. But you know what the word tells me? That though a weapon may be formed, it will not prosper. So no matter if there's a soldier at the door, walk through anyway. And no matter if you don't understand it, walk through anyway. And no matter if you think people will tease you, walk through anyway. And no matter if there are chains, trust him to break them and walk through anyway. And no matter if you feel worthy, for sure then walk through anyway. He's got a plan. There's a God door waiting for you and for me. Designed, probably a beautiful color just for you that will speak your language that you can trust but we have to start with trusting him. This is your get up moment. This is your get up moment. It's time. It's time, church. This is your get up moment. See, the angel didn't just hit Peter. He said, quick, get up with an exclamation mark. That lets me know that some things are time sensitive. This is your get up moment. This is your moment. When Peter got dressed, he didn't say, hmm, wonder which one it is. He knew where his clothes were. He knew where his shoes were. He knew where his cloak was. He quickly got dressed and he followed. This is like, The Saul and David moment. When Saul says, David, you've got to wear the king's armor to fight Goliath. David put it on. Don't you know that little teenage boy carrying that sword? He said, I can't wear this. This is not mine. It's too heavy. These are not my clothes. So David went against what the king wanted. In that moment, the earthly man, and he said, no, I know what my king, I know how he's designed me. And I'm gonna put back on my shepherd's clothes and I'm gonna grab a sling and I'm gonna go slay a giant in the name of Jesus. That's us. So if you're supposed to carry a sling, carry a sling. If you're supposed to carry a sword, carry a sword. Don't worry. God can do the same with both. And he can slay the giant. Don't wear somebody else's clothes. Don't walk through somebody else's door. You got yours. So while Peter was bound, while he slept, guess what? The church was praying. The church was praying. Prayer moves the heart of God. Prayer moves the heart of God. And maybe while some of you have been too sad, too anxious, too weary, too frustrated, too whatever to pray, what if the church prayed? What if we didn't give up praying? What if round the clock, what if I woke up praying? My mom passed away a few months ago, and let me know, I didn't know what to pray. I didn't know what to pray. I couldn't pray a thing for myself, but I knew my church was praying. I knew my church was praying. So what if today, What if today you look at the person in front of you, the person behind you, the person to your right and to your left, and you said, man, I'm gonna carry them with me all week and I'm gonna lift them up before a holy God. We would all have somebody praying for us. Every one of us would have somebody praying for us. That's what the church is. That's what we're called to be. And I am called to be as excited for you when you walk through your door as I am for me when I walk through mine. Comparison is the thief of joy. Do not compare your door to mine and I won't compare mine to yours. So Peter got to the house, but he had to keep on knocking. See, the door needed to be opened in the natural, even if it had already been unlocked in the spiritual. Heavenly anointing, earthly alignment to personal assignment. Is there a miracle? Is there a miracle knocking at your door? Do you need to answer it? Do you need to say, yes, God, I give it to you? Many times the natural isn't ready for the spiritual. The church was praying, but they weren't ready for Peter. They weren't ready for him. I mean, Rhoda answered, this little 15-year-old gal comes to the door with more faith than that whole company of people in there praying. She comes to the door, hears his voice, doesn't even see him, hears his voice and says, Peter's at the door. Girl, you have lost your mind. That's literally what they say to her. You must be out of your mind. What? You must have seen his angel, shh, just sit down, sit down. It's okay. See, the Bible said that she recognized his voice. Do we recognize the voice of our Savior? Because that's faith. You may not be able to see him, but I can hear his voice. What's he saying to me? What does he want me to do? And I'm going to give my life as an offering. I will say yes to a God move. Then, Peter, at the door, a walking miracle, the miracle that they're literally praying for, stood there. And he gave testimony of what God has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. See, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, Revelation tells us. So Peter said, oh, I've seen what he's done. Oh, he, the chains, gone, gone. Don't you know those soldiers' eyes and ears had to be sealed? Because if y'all, I mean, a chain is loud. That thing's breaking off. There's a little noise. And plus the angel yelled at him and hit him. (laughs) Quick, get up. So there was a lot of noise happening. But God said, stay steadfast. I've got you. Keep your eyes on me, and only on me, and I'm going to lead you right out of here. Testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Have you ever tried to use the wrong key? I mean, we probably all have, right? Because their room looks shinier, or I like their furniture a little bit better, whatever. Sometimes even in, you know, when you go to a hotel, you might get a key and then you try to use it and it doesn't work, right? So you're like, oh, I gotta go back down, okay, okay. So wrong key, right door, I don't know, I don't know, but let's just work it out. So, right, it happens. And sometimes you have this situation. So a couple years ago, my oldest son was graduating from Chapel, UNC Chapel Hill, so we were up there, the five of us were up there to see him. So it was Saturday, we were, the graduation was Sunday morning, so we were tired, we had had a lot of festivities, the fam was there, and so, you know, we're all together, we've had a blast, but now we're all tired, we're tired, we're ready to kick our feet up, you know, let, let's do this. So they give us the key, because, you know, reservation was ours. They give us a key, give us the room number. I go, put that thing in. I don't remember which way it was. You know, there's all the taps and the whatever. But it worked. Perfect. Awesome. Let's walk in, get some jammies on, call this thing a night. See you in the morning. So I walk in. I'm the first one in, and I'm like, oh, pfft, this is amazing. They love people so much. They, they have literally got the dog bowl filled with food and water, even though we didn't bring our, dog, our dogs. <laughs> this place really loves people. They really cater to hospitality. So I walk in a little bit more, and I'm like, hmm that's not my suitcase over there, and that's not my blanket on that couch, and that's not my food on the counter. Okay, guys, back her up. (laughs) I was like, wow. You know, because at that moment, adrenaline, if I'm being real, was really pumping. You walk in somebody else's room at night, I mean, we can fill in the blanks. That could have been a dangerous situation, and I, I mean, it might have been if you walked into my room, as a company of people. I don't know what I would have done, but I would have come at you. (laughs) Fortunately for us, no one was there. So we go down to the front desk. We get the, we have to wait for a while, so it's just a lovely process in the waiting, but it's fine. They got it all worked out. We got the right key for the right door, which we had. We had the right key for the right door. It just wasn't our key. We didn't have authority over that room. That wasn't my key. So once we got the right key and the right door for our room, we were able to kick our feet up and enjoy the night. Don't walk in the wrong room, don't walk through the wrong door. Don't let the enemy come at you and tell you, but man, they've got it real good over here. You could just probably sneak in and sit in a corner chair. It's going to be fine. And grab hold of that blessing. That's not my blessing. That's not my purpose. That's not the design created for me. I don't have authority over that room. So I'm going to take my key where he's given me access and I'm going to walk through my door where indeed he's given me authority. Does that make sense? Don't walk through somebody else's door. So what's he got for you behind door number one? It's a get up moment. He's releasing the new. The new is now. He's releasing new life, new influence, new job, new position. New. Whatever word you want to fill in the blank with. It's a new season. And you know what I saw were new keys. You get to choose whether or not you want to pick it up. That has zero to do with me and all and only what I feel the Lord saying over this house in this moment and over you who's present here today. We can be natural and get natural results or we can be supernatural and get supernatural results. I don't know about you, but that's not a tricky one. Everlasting doors cannot be opened by natural means. Some miracles, as I said, are time sensitive. I believe this is the now. So get up. God is sending His Word. Listen, if you, I can promise you, if you're like, I don't even know what, I don't even understand what she's saying about a key and a door. I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. That's okay. I can tell you where to start. Go read His Word. Open it up, and he will reveal exactly what you need to hear. Talk to him. Talk to him, and he will reveal exactly what you need to hear. He will show you. Oh, come in, king of glory, and do what only you can. Change hard hearts. Change the ugly places, listen, that each one of us have. I'm not, all all of that is coming right back here. There are places, there are things that we all are working on. We are all in process. But God, but God says, "I I am right here. I am right here and I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna lead you through the door and into the spacious places. That I've created for you. John 10 says this. A couple times he says, I am the door. But in verses 9 and 10, he says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except for to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come. I have come. That they may have life, and that they may have it abundantly. Revelation three twenty. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. When I read these passages of scripture, in John Jesus is telling us, "I am the door," and in Revelation. He is saying, I stand at the door and knock. There's a beautiful exchange and a transfer that's happening here. He stands at the door and he knocks. And if you open it, oh, I will come in. And we will walk through this journey of life together. It's a game-changing moment. And then, I am the door of which every promise every design, and every destiny, all your purpose. And I will lead you straight through the door into the beauty of all I've created you for. Will you choose me? Because let me tell you what's behind door number one, he is. He actually is door number one, but he is behind door number one. So for those in the room who may not care about keys and doors, you're just like, I need to understand who's knocking. And I want a relationship with him. Then today, this is your moment. If you've never had Jesus in your life as part of your story, this is the moment where you say yes to him he does not make it difficult and he is so kind he just says i i stand at the door and i knock and if you open it i will come in because he loves you that much and if some of you have said i've really taken a hard left and i got to get it back center You gotta go back true north. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you because you're good. I surrender everything that I am for all that you are. Make my life an offering. Then let it be so today. Let's bow our heads and pray this prayer together out loud so that no one feels uncomfortable. But if God is knocking on the door of your heart, of your life, let this be your moment. Don't let it pass. This is a get up moment. This is your time. So Lord, right now, we thank you. And we say together, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. I choose you. I trust you. And I will live for you forever in Jesus' name. Now, if you guys will stand with me. If our prayer team will come on up. If you just prayed that prayer, that's literally the greatest decision you will ever make in your whole life. If you prayed it for the first time, meant it, or if you rededicated your heart to Jesus, come up here and allow this prayer team to partner with you. They stand ready for a partnership before a holy God. Maybe today, some of you just need to pick up the key and say, oh God, I'm going to walk through the door that you've designed, crafted specifically for me. I don't know how to do it. I don't even know what my first step is. I can tell you what your first step is. It is to come up here and allow this team to partner with you. Because they will. Their faith, partnered with your feet of faith, grabbing hold of everything that God has for you and trusting him with it and then laying it down. And just watch. Watch the beauty of who God is unfold in your life. But it is a get-up moment. It is a get-up moment. So, Lord, we pray for a covering over this time. We pray for your beauty. We pray for an unlocking. We pray for doors open and a release of the keys today. In Jesus' name, amen.